What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another Seals Pod. I am your host, Teddy Jenner, and this week we are joined by the head coach and general manager of your San Diego Seals, Patrick Merrill. Patty, how are you, brother? Good, Teddy. I'm well. How are you? Uh, I'm good. You guys have golf back in Ontario, so I'm sure your spirits are a little higher. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely lifted my spirits this past weekend. I got out a couple times, actually, and uh, it was actually really nice weather, too, uh, this past weekend. So, uh, yeah, yeah, hopefully better times ahead. And, and that was uh, kind of the first sign, but uh, definitely nice to get out in the course again. We'd like your Habs to be doing a little bit better, though, right? I don't know if either one of us really want to be talking hockey right <laughs> no, now. No, let's move on from hockey. Let's move on. Yeah. Um, obviously, the uh, the big news of the week uh, was your re-signing with the club and, and the news that you would be back as, as the general manager and head coach, uh, the only one the SEALs have had since the existence of this organization. How excited are you to be back? And, and was it a lot of pulling strings to make this deal happen or – was it a foregone conclusion? Um, you know, I, I, I would say, obviously, yeah, super excited to be back. And, um, you know, it, it was honestly something that, uh, yeah, you know, San Diego's, uh, you know, where I want to be, you know, and uh, I, I couldn't really picture myself anywhere else, to be honest. And uh, I'm really happy that, that Joe and Steve felt the same way. And, and um, you know, I think also... Um, I, I honestly didn't focus on it too much because, you know, um, you know, we're so excited about, you know, getting back on the floor next year and um, we're so excited about the group that we have. And, um, you know, I, I was really just kind of anxious and, and excited just to get that step over with so that we can kind of focus now on, on the off season. But I, I, I couldn't be more grateful and excited to be back. Um, it's such a special, as you know, it's such a special organization from top to bottom you know, truly first class. The way I've been treated over the first three years uh, has been, you know, has exceeded my expectations uh, by a long shot. And um, and so, yeah, just super grateful. And, and you know, honestly, it's been a, a weird three years, right? You know, like from, you know, we lost a full season. We lost a third of a season as well. And so, you know, I felt uh, obligated to the organization to really kind of um, – you know, finish what we started. Right. Um, and, uh, and, uh, you know, again, the organization has treated us so well that, uh, just happy to, you know, to get back to work, uh, and then hopefully eventually back on the floor, uh, come, uh, come the fall or the winter. So yeah, just happy to get out of the way and move on. Yeah. Uh, when you and I were talking for uh, part two of the history of the seals, where we discussed the hiring of you, you mentioned that, you didn't have a lot of general manager experience and you were going to sort of rely on Steve Govett to kind of help you through that buffer zone of that first year. How are your GM skills now? You think? Well, I, I don't, I don't think, uh, I think you, there's always room for improvement, right. Is the way I look at things and, and there's always ways for me to get better. I would say though, that, um, you know, I've had, I've been surrounded by some really, really intelligent people um, that have helped me along and helped me learn a lot on the job over the first three years. Uh, I think actually my role at the Hill previous to, uh, uh, you know, um, joining the SEALs was a, was a blessing in disguise, really. I didn't expect how, how similar my role at the Hill would be to what, what, the, what my GM responsibilities are 
with the seal. So that really helped. But yeah, I, I would say, you know, I owe a lot to Steve. Uh, he's really mentored me through this process and, um, uh, of becoming a GM, you know, and then I have Sean Walsh as an assistant GM. That's, you know, uh, I'm very thankful and grateful for. He's a, he's a great, uh, a great help to me in every way. And then, um, and then shooter as well. I mean, shooters experience, uh, with Toronto pr uh, previous to, um, joining us, joining us with the seals, uh, on the player personnel side of things, um, has been really, really helpful. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty funny. I've learned a lot from, from both shooter and, and Steve in different ways, you know, and, uh, kind of being in the middle of them sometimes, you know, with regards to opinion, um, yeah. you know, but, but, you know, I, I really enjoy, uh, that aspect of the job. Um, I enjoy every aspect of the job. Um, but, uh, you know, I definitely learned a lot over the, over the first three years that I hope are going to make, make me a stronger GM moving forward. Uh, you, you mentioned, Josh Sanderson, he and Bill Greer, your henchmen are back. How important was it for you for confidence wise as a coach to just allow you to do everything you do sort of freely to have those two guys back? Yeah, absolutely. I think we've always, uh, you know, we've been friends for a long time, the three of us, um, you know, and, you know, I, I think that that's a, that's a great word to use. I think they, they give me a lot of confidence, um, you know, in doing my job. I feel like we also, bring, bring different strengths to the table. Um, you know, that, that make us, uh, interact with each other and work together, uh, really well. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and, and, you know, for me, uh, continuity and, and, uh, you know, for Billy and I have been coaching for a long period of time. We've coached a lot of different levels of lacrosse together from peewee all the way through junior A and now pro together. And then we were roommates as teammates for the last kind of number of years of our, our playing careers. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, again, I, I learned from them both, uh, on a, from a coaching perspective every day, but, I, but I think more than that, you know, even though we, we come at it from, from different angles and we have, we bring different strengths, our values when it comes to the seals and the game, uh, and winning are, are aligned. Right. So, um, you know, and, and honestly, we, we have a lot of fun together doing the job, right. We're very passionate, competitive guys. You know, so to get another opportunity to come back and work together again, uh, we couldn't be more thrilled or I couldn't be more thrilled to be surrounded by them again. Uh, we've talked about your general managing skills. You're having to put those to work now as teams have been given the OK to start signing players as we move towards the expansion draft. And we'll get towards that in a minute. But um, you've already got some guys locked up. Uh, Cam Holdings back. Eli Goldbrecht is back. Um how important is it to sort of get these guys under contract as soon as possible so you can start looking towards that protected roster? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I'm not sure how much it would really change our list in terms of who we resign and when, um, you know, our goal is to try to keep the group that we had going into this, the season that was canceled um, together as much as possible. Right. And, you know, obviously we're, it's going to hurt to lose a guy mm. on the expansion draft, um, no matter who it is. You know, again, we have we have faith in all the guys that we have signed, um, you know, but at the same time, um, yeah, it, it certainly gives us good peace of mind going into it. Uh, the more guys we have locked in. Right. In terms of knowing what their intentions are, uh, you know, in, uh, coming back and, and wanting to be a part of our organization going forward. Um, so. 
yeah, it does. It does play into it a little bit. Uh, that being said, I don't. I don't think it would really change much in terms of where we where we would sit with the protected list. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, I I kind of more look at it as I want to get si- guys signed and, and comfortable as soon as possible, so that we can focus on getting them ready for camp in the fall, you know, and we can kind of get past that part, uh, the business aspect, and then kind of more focus on, you know, on the off season development aspect, um, so that they're, they're ready to hit the ground running and and we're ready as a team. We haven't sort of gotten official numbers of expansion protected lists and all that, but do you think you're pretty close to having that list set for when, when the time comes? Uh, yes and no. I mean, it's, uh, and I'm sure uh, every team in the league is going through this at the moment. Um, you know, we have a good understanding, you know, uh, shooter Billy, uh, and I, uh, obviously talk almost every day. We had a call on Friday that was specifically focused on our protected list and the expansion draft. Um, you know, but you know, it's, it, we're going to have some really, really tough decisions to make. Right. Um, and so, uh, and we're not going to, you know, take those decisions lightly. Um, you know, there's also a bit of gamesmanship too, trying to get inside of the the mind of of Bob Ham, Hamley and the, and the brain trust in in Fort Worth as well. So, you know, um, as much as we like to say that we f- feel good about where we are today, you know, things could change, and 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 we know right up until the eleventh hour, we're going to have some tough decisions to make. So. Um, um, yeah, I mean, again, I think we might be able to lock some guys in now in pen on that. Yeah. For yeah. Other, yeah. <laughs> uh, where, where again, we, we might have to move things around or, or, are still pretty fluid at this, at this particular moment. The fact that we didn't have a season last year and the, that rookie class of, you know, Trey LeClaire and Mac O'Keefe and Jacob Patterson, you know, those guys never got to play. And now you're going to have to decide which of those guys you use a protected spot on, how much does that play into a factor and how much harder does that make things? Yeah, it's a, it's a great, it's a great point. It, it's a big factor. I would say it's a huge factor, um, you know, for, for all teams, but it, it's definitely one for us because we, we were really excited about that particular draft class, um, you know, and, um, you know, we have an, another draft coming up, obviously, before the season starts again. So we kind of got to factor that in, in terms of, you know, filling all of our team needs uh, with all the resources that we have. Right. Um, you know, so and then and then also kind of predicting, you know, how, what, you know, what the market's going to be like. Right. Um, going into free agency as of August 1st. And then again, what potentially could be available to us and when. Uh, in the draft and uh, in September. So um, yeah, it's a huge factor. And, you know, you know, you have to, uh, the three of us have been trying to, you know, along with Steve and Sean and everybody else in San Diego is we're trying to put our hat on um, and, and, you know, we have kind of two different hats to wear when we make those decisions, right. You know, winning now, right. Um, and, and putting the best possible team on the floor uh, next, next season, uh, but also, you know, organizationally, right, you know, potentially these draft picks could be with us for 10 years, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, um, you know, and salaries come into play and age and, you know, some of these guys haven't played, you know, obviously nobody's played lacrosse uh, for a long period of time. 
so we have to factor all that stuff in as well. There are some guys that are going to be able to play in the PLL this summer and, 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 and get to play lacrosse at a very competitive level uh, over the, over the summer. And there are some, some guys that aren't going to be able to play at all. So there's all these different factors that we're trying to juggle and, and manage and balance. Um, but we think either way, um, you know, we're really confident in, uh, in our depth uh, of guys that we currently have, including draft picks. Uh, but we also think we have a really good mix, right, of, of veteran guys uh, with experience, um, leadership, uh, and and uh, and guys that are, you know, probably, you know, more quote unquote NLL ready. And then and then you know how to integrate the young guys in, into the mix going forward. The biggest question for most general managers when it comes to that protected list is in goal because you're only gonna be able to protect one and obviously you've got frankie you've got nick you've got moose you've got charles we're gonna focus obviously on, on nick and frankie and i know you're not going to give any secrets away but how hard is this decision going to be to figure out which guy you're going to protect yeah we're not going to give anything away that's for yeah. sure yeah uh, <laughs> To answer that part of the question right off the hop yeah we're not going to answer that but you know it's really tough again right um you know um uh, we have a good young emerging goalie uh in nick and and he came in and gave us some great minutes last year and uh and and kept us in the playoff race and at time when, when frankie went down with an injury um and and played really well Right. And we, we're really confident in, in where Nick is, where, where Nick is going to be, but he's a young goalie. Right. And then we feel like Frankie uh, is, a, is, a, is also like, he's a, he's such a big part of our team in, in a lot of ways too. his leadership. Um, we, th we still think that, that Frankie has a lot of prime years left in his career. And I, and we actually believe that the best is yet to come for Frankie in terms of his game. So, um, and he went through some things early last season, right. You know, health wise where, where we know that that wasn't, you know, you know, that that wasn't um, the best of what Frankie can bring. So it's going to be a tough decision. And the other two guys are young uh, up and coming goalies too, that we really like. So um, again, we feel like we have great depth in those positions. Um, you know, uh, we're hoping to keep them all, but at the end of the day, um, you know, we're going to, we're going to kind of make the best decision we feel for the club uh, short term and long term. And, and unlike other years, like when yourselves and the Philadelphia Wings came in, there's only one expansion. Team. You're only losing one player. So the, the loss won't be as great. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, that's a, that's a, uh, it's a huge factor, you know, definitely. And it's a huge difference. I would say, you know, going back to when we lost two guys after year one, we lost two guys to, you know, to Rochester and, and New York. And, uh, you know, but that being said, it doesn't, it, it, like, like I said earlier, not to sound cliche, but uh, that, that's the toughest part, part of this job is, is, is losing anybody. Right. Cause, cause you, you get really close uh, with, with every player on your team, uh, whether they're an, an, a new young kid that you're excited about or, or a kid that's been with us since year one, Right. It's, it's going to hurt one way or the other. Um, but to your point, we've tried to, you know, insulate ourselves depth wise so that uh, the impact um, on our roster is going to be, uh, you know, hopefully isn't going to be as drastic. I would say. Right. Um, you know, uh, and again, um, it's it's going to make an impact in, in some way. Obviously, that's inevitable. 
Um, but, uh, you know, we, we want to make sure that, that whatever that impact is, is that we have the depth to, to, to back it up uh, and, and move forward uh, confidently with our roster. As we move forward throughout the year and get closer to the season, September will eventually come and that will mean another entry draft. And as you've said, these young kids, other than playing college, haven't played any box across for two years. How hard is that now as a coach, even though as in tune with everything that you are, how hard is a coach and GM and a staff, is it to now scout this draft class coming up? Yeah, it's, it's a little bit challenging. It's a little bit challenging. It was helpful that, um, you know, they, they were able to play, most of them anyway, so we're able to play lacrosse this, uh, this spring uh, at the NCAA level. Um, but yeah, it, it's going to be a really tricky and different draft, you know? Um, and, you know, but we, we feel like, um, we're very confident in our scouting staff, you know, with Ryan Boyle and Travis Gillespie and Ben Neve and, uh, Shooter and Billy are so in tune with, with the, with the group of, uh, uh, of guys that are coming up, um, you know, and, and familiar with them, not just from, you know, this past year, but, you know, since they were much younger players at all different levels throughout the course of their development. And I feel like you know, we have a good beat on that. So, um, you know, I, I mean, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna be like any other year, you got to do your homework and, 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 you know, and, and try to project, you know, who, who's going to make the biggest impact um, um, at the NLL level compared to all the other levels that they've played. Um, so, so, but, I agree. It, it is going to be a, a trickier year in terms of just not being able to evaluate them as much in, in gameplay, specifically box across gameplay. Right. Well, so yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, go ahead. All right. Tag. I'm in. Um, the, the other challenge might be, you guys don't even know where you're picking yet because we're still trying to decide what the draft order is going to be. So how much, more difficult does it make it when you don't know who's going to be before or after you, which players are going to be left and which won't be. Yeah, it, it is, it is super tricky. And, and honestly, we're, we're trying not to focus too much on the draft just yet. I mean, I think right now we're in, we're in the mode where we're collecting as much information as we can, right. On who, who could be going into the draft, who might be going back to college, um, you know, where they're at, you know, um, you know, how much lacrosse they're going to be playing, et cetera. Uh, but aside from that, there's, there's really no, you know, other work to be done. Like, I mean, now we got to, I think we got to focus first on the expansion draft, obviously coming up and then free agency. And then, you know, as we get closer to the draft, you know, knowing where we're going to select and, and who might be available at that point, then we can dive a little bit deeper into it. But yeah, to your point, it's like, yeah, we don't even know where we're picking yet. So yeah. we don't want to waste a whole lot of time on that, but at the same time, you know, you, you do have to, you know, do the research now so that, you know, when, when, when things are a little bit clearer, you, you make a better decision. I've known Travis Gillespie for quite a long time. How did you guys connect? Yeah. So Trav and, and I, uh, play together in junior. So he came, uh, he, he came to Orange for a year, didn't he? Yeah. Two years. Oh, right. Two, That's right. Um, so he, um, and Brody, and a bunch of guys played together on the U19 Canadian team. Right, yeah. Um, and there was a few Northman players on that team as well. Um, you know, and, and uh, you know, Johnny Harrison and uh, Kyle Miller and Brody. So, so they, they kind of recruited them. Right. Uh, so, 
uh, Trav and I are the same age. Uh, and, uh, uh, we actually got to work uh, a summer job together for two years and he drove me nuts on the job site. For- <laughs> Sounds about right. And, and then, and then actually when we, when we, uh, we we lost to uh, to Burnaby in the Minto Cup in the year two thousand. I'm dating myself now. Um, you We're know, the same that, age, brother. We're the same age. Yeah. Stop it. Hey, you guys had it. You guys, we thought we were going to be playing you guys in yeah. that that year, and then you, I think you lost to Burnaby in Game Seven or something yeah, like you that. Had him three too. Thanks for bringing up bad memories. Again. Sorry, sorry about that. <laughs> well, common hatred towards yeah. that Burnaby Lakers team, but always. But, yeah, and so, uh, you know, when we lost there, uh, a few of us got recruited from that team to go out and play in Coquitlam mm-hmm. the following year. Uh, so myself, Travis, uh, Kevin Howard, uh, all went out and played in Coquitlam our first year of major, and we ended up winning a Man Cup together that year uh, in 2001. So, um, but, um, yeah, so that's that's where we became close. And when we were when we were playing together out there, um, we lived together and stuff like that. So we, we go way back. And then and then Travis also um, he's very in tune with like, as you know, with BC lacrosse, he was involved in uh, in the in the BC lacrosse uh, um, provincial teams and, and that sort of thing. So he had a good sense of some of the younger guys that were coming up that are now draft eligible. And uh, yeah, so that's that's how we got connected. How many Taiwanese kids has he put on your radar? You know what he does. That's the other thing. That was the other connection with Travis too. Is that he's uh, he worked for um, worked for Joe and yeah. and the, the Taiwan lacrosse program. And he's done some great things with some other great people that you're very familiar with as well. And uh, and so uh, yeah, so that was that was. Not yet, but I mean, we're hoping to actually have some guys from those national team programs at training camp eventually, right? I mean, awesome. and Travis has, has done a really great job of growing the game around the world, as you know, and um, and that's something that we're very passionate about as well, as all of us as a part of the SEALs organization. So, yeah, it's uh, that's a good point. That, that was another connection there. The culture of the SEALs has been phenomenal since day one. And, you know, a lot of that stems from Joe and from Steve and Josh and, and everybody in the office that, that really started this organization. When you guys drafted Austin Stotts, it really set the franchise on a path for success. And you and him go way back. How important has your relationship with him been and vice versa for you guys to have such a, a strong relationship together? Yeah, I mean, Austin's a polarizing figure, right? I would say in the game, like he's, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people have an opinion about Austin, right? And that, uh, that's been the case since he was probably 14 years old, you know, um, just because he was, uh, he was, he's, he's been that special talent for a long period of time. And he always played many years ahead of his time, you know, um, since he's been a really young player. And so, it, it was no different for me. I, you know, like I knew his older brother, uh, Randy really well, uh, cause Randy went to the Hill. Um, and I had, we had a relationship with Randy and, uh, but I didn't, I didn't know Austin before I, before I took, before I took the job in six nations. And, uh, and again, like, you know, when I'd ask around about him, you know, a lot, lots of different people had a lot of different opinions about him. Right. And, um, so, but when I met him, um, I just felt like, um, you know, um, 
you know, it, it took a little bit of a little bit of time for him to trust me, um, and vice versa. Um, but once 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 I got to know him um, at, at his core, and, and and again, you know, Billy um, coaching the coaching with me in Six Nations as well uh, would agree is that you know he's he's just um, he's just a really special talent, right? And a special t- type of competitor, you know. And I've 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 been very fortunate to play with with some of who I consider the greatest of all time. Um, and, um, you know, uh, he, he would be right up there in, in terms of what I've seen in my career, in terms of that balance between uh, the competitiveness, the, the drive and, and determination to be great, mm-hmm. but also uh, just, the, just the aura, aura that he brings to a dressing room. He's got that it factor that not a lot of other guys have uh, in my experience. And, um, and, you know, I think that it factor also, um, you know, puts him at a different level, not just, you know, um, showcasing his talent, but showcasing his talent in, in big moments. Mm. Right. And I feel like, you know, we were so fortunate um uh, to be able to have that pick and, and for him to, you know, for it to be a good fit for him and his family uh, where he could be comfortable being himself out there. And then I think I, you know, I told you this uh, in, in another interview that we, that you, or another question that you asked me uh, is that like, it just seemed like it was like love at first sight between him and, and, the, and the culture that we were building in, in San Diego um, and, and, and the fan base and it just uh, where, where he could kind of come in and, and, and just being an expansion team where he's, he's relied, he's was relied upon so much mm. um, as a leader and, and uh, you know, as a, as a prominent player on our team right away, I think he thrives in that type of situation. Right. I think if he were to come into a team um, that was maybe a little bit more established where, you know, it might've been a little bit different for him, but I think all those worlds colliding, I think, uh, you know, made it a really good fit for the organization and for us. And I think uh, to your point really helped us establish a culture uh, that very quickly, right. Within him kind of as a centerpiece. And, you know, I think he'd be the first to, to uh, say this as well is that he's also, I think, been surrounded by by some great pros that uh, insulated him very well. Mm. right away right weren't weren't there to steal his thunder in a competitive way right but we're there to have his back and and help teach him how to be a pro uh and help him stay focused and and learn what to be uh what it takes to be uh successful at that level from from like future hall of famers like brody and dan dawson and eric billings and a lot of those guys that we had in our first year and and cam holding and and now wes i think you know, those guys uh, really allow him to be comfortable and, and, and allow him to be the best version of himself. And, um, you know, I, I just, uh, I just see, see him, you know, I'm so proud of the fact that he's able to thrive within the environment uh, in San Diego and he's happy and he's, and he's excited. And I think you can see that in his play. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, you know, uh, the record of uh, the record that we have with him in the lineup versus when he hasn't been in the lineup kind of speaks for itself. Right. Yeah, absolutely. 
there's nobody that steps onto the floor with more smile and energy and just love for the game than I've ever seen than Austin Stobbs. Like when I saw him in Vegas, that was going to be his first game back. It was like a kid on Christmas. He was buzzing. He was bouncing around. And it's just an infectious energy that you kind of mentioned that when he's in that locker room with that group, it's unbeatable. Well, it just, it's just, like you said, it's infectious is the best word to describe it is that it, it just, uh, I think brings out the best in, in, in everyone around him. Um, and that was the thing that stuck out to me. The very first training camp practice that I've ever, that I was ever around him in, in six nations, uh, was that, you know, and, and it was just like, um, there was just that aura about him. It didn't really matter. And, and again, I thought it was, okay, this kid's trying to make a good impression on the new, new coaching staff. Yeah. That's the way he is all the time, right? <laughs> whether, whether, you know, and, and again, whether it's, a, you know, he's so ultra competitive, he's pushing people out of the way to get to the front of the line in, 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 in a drill, you know, um, you know, he, like you said, he's bouncing around. He's that, he's that aura in, in the locker room too, where, that guys really feed off of. And it's also too, like, you know, it's a bit of accountability for people too. You know, uh, if you're, if you're his teammate or if it's your, you're his coach, right. He keeps you on your toes that way. Right. Where it's like, you know, you know what, if you're not going to help me along, get out of my way. Right. I'll go through you. I'll go around you. I'll, you know, I'll do whatever it takes, but I, but I do think you're right. It, it, it does come from a deeper love for the game, right. And passion uh, to not only play the game, uh, but be but, but but be the best, right? Um, be successful uh, at the game, and 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 that's what he cares about the most. His spiritual roots in the game uh, run so deep, and he mentioned to me that when you push him and he sees the fire in your eyes to help make him better, it's the best thing. And that relationship you guys have has been built since those early days. It, it's such a very cool relationship to see because you don't really see that and the fact that you guys you know sort of both started your pro careers yours as a coach GM and his as a player together on the same franchise with everything that you guys have been through just makes it that much more meaningful yeah absolutely and we're very different people too <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Okay. you are. laughs> we're very very different people um you know we're very very different players I, I probably couldn't carry his bag to the rink I don't like to admit that to him but uh you know but you know but at the same time um yeah like it, it, it doesn't take much you know he'll give me a look or I'll give him a look uh here and there and that's really all it takes so we're we're, we're kind of on the same page that way and um you know but it's it's an evolving relationship too right like I said I think I've, I've learned uh, just as much or more from him that that I think he'll ever learn from me. Um, but um, but you know it's it's been working so far and um, and and I feel like you know in our locker room um, you know it, it's a really really enjoyable situation for me as a coach um, because we have a lot of guys that are that are cut from that same cloth, right? The majority of our guys have that mindset, which uh you know is is what you want as a coach and what what makes your job a little bit easier as a coach so um you know but but definitely you know again um you know he he, he brings that aura that 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 uh, all the greats that I've ever played with bring to the table and uh and we're fortunate to have him 
you've mentioned the greats that you've played with a couple times, and many of those greats I had the opportunity to play with as well. The National Lacrosse League announced uh, 20 names that will be on the list for induction into the National Lacrosse League Hall of Fame. Uh, when you saw that list, were there a few guys that you said, yeah, that guy's a lock? And were you say maybe a couple guys that I really hope that guy gets in? First of all, I think they're all, uh, they all played in our generation, uh, Teddy, for the most part. So um, I think they're all deserving in, 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 in their own way um, of being there. And I think that they nailed those nominees. Um, I couldn't agree with them more. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, I think obviously, you know, first and foremost, you kind of gravitate towards the guys that you played with. Right. And, and that, you know, personally, and you're kind of cheering for them maybe first. Uh, I think that's just a human natural reaction. Um, but I don't think they can go wrong. Right. I don't, I don't think they can go wrong with who they select out of this class and, and whoever doesn't get selected this time around, I feel like um, we'll get there eventually uh, because they're, they were that good and, and made that much of a, an impact and impression on our league that's going to last and, and make our, our league better or, or did make our league better when they were, when they were playing. So uh, yeah, I'm just really excited and proud and, and happy for those guys. I want to ask you about Colin Doyle because he is a, a very special player in his own right, but his leadership ability is really unmatched throughout our league. How integral and infectious and important was he as a leader for those Toronto Rock teams? Oh, he was, um, you know, again, I, I got to grow up in the, in the league learning from, from him and um, both in Coquitlam and, uh, and in Toronto. Right first number of years of my career and uh and you know again you know I, I he's he's one guy that I like I, you know very different guys but um you know when when I was talking about Austin you know his his name probably comes to my mind first in terms of comparable and I think Austin's got a lot of work to do to get to to where Colin yeah. uh, you know to what Colin achieved in his career um but, you know, again, he, he was a guy that, um, you know, uh, just just the competitiveness, just just his will to win, but also his understanding of how to assert himself in certain situations and his talent to to help a team win, I think, made him extremely special. Um, so he could he could beat you in so many different ways. Right. And he could he could read the complexion of a game and then decide how he was going to and apply how he was going to take it over, you know, and lead the team to success as an example, right. You know, a few different examples, you know, if, if they were kind of, you know, double teaming them or clogging up the middle of the floor where he couldn't use his size to get to the net. Right. He was a great playmaker, right. Really underrated playmaker. He could, he could, he could take a step back and be that quarterback as you know, right. And start finding open guys. Right. Or, you know, if they're taking his, his playmaking ability away from him, he, then he started going to the net, right, and having success that way, right? And again, or, you know, he was such a great um, teammate in the way that he could make other people around him better too, um, you know, not just with his competitiveness, but he was also very unselfish that way. So, you know, if he, if he you know, he was, he was just as thrilled or more thrilled when someone else would score um, than – you know, than, than if, than if he did. Right. And, and I think that's a huge quality to have in a leader and, 
you know, if he had to go out there and set picks for, for Kim Squires, that's what he was going to do. Right. Or if he was, you know, or just draw, draw attention away from Blaine Manning and Aaron Wilson going to work on the other side of the floor, then he would do that or be the first one to get to the bench so that our defense could get on the floor. Right. He just, he had a really good feel for that, especially in big moments, which is why, you know, um, his resume of winning kind of speaks for itself. Right. I think that that's, you know, that's, that, that's one thing that like most of the championships of, if not all the championships that I have <laughs> were because of, you know, in great part to do with, yeah. with, uh, with, with, uh, with many guys, but, but mainly, but, but Colin was, was the centerpiece on most of those teams. So, uh, and he was very much a, you know, a, a different type of leader too, like, uh, you know, get on my back, like mm-hmm. let's go type of leader, very vocal leader. Uh, kept guys accountable, uh, very motivating guy, but he was also the type of leader where, you know, he would never ask a guy to do something that he wasn't willing to do himself, you know, and, you know, again, he, like, I'm sure you saw it, Teddy too. You don't see this very often any anymore, right? Where you yeah. see guys at that level dropping the gloves and going toe to toe halfway through yeah. a playoff, right. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and stuff like that. And, and, um, and he wasn't so he, a good fighter. He just knew that he needed to do that to to show his team that he was going to war for. Exactly. Exactly. Again, like again, he he'd read a complexion of the game, right, and and be like, okay, this is the way I need to assert myself here, yeah. you know. And and if, if this is going to be a, a way for us to get momentum back and get the guys going to point us in the right direction, I'm going to do it, right? Whatever that, whatever the case, whatever that was, right? Or going into a corner to pick up a really really tough loose ball with. Uh, some other hall of fame defenders all over the back yeah. and that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's what separated them. Uh, you, you mentioned it. they can't go wrong with this hall of fame class. I'm excited for it. I can't wait for it. Maybe one day you and I will get there, uh, knock on wood, but there's a lot of other guys that'll get there before we do. Patty, this has been uh, another phenomenal chat. I appreciate your time as always. I know you are com- completely swamped with everything at the hill academy and trying to make the seals team the best that it possibly can be i appreciate your time my friend stay safe say hi to big brother brody for us and uh we'll see you soon thanks teddy i appreciate it i don't know i mean we had we had a lot of pressure today you know uh steve govett was saying you got to be more entertaining you got to be funny all that type of stuff i know he's a really hard guy to keep up with uh in terms of his humor and his wit but uh Hopefully we did a good job for him today. I think he's very proud. Thank you.